chief coach, the sports dad, the sports parents, here to talk grassroots to the professional game and what it takes to raise the next star. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be. You are listening to the Chief Coach Podcast. Have you ever wondered as a parent, where's the best place for your son or daughter to go for sports development and still be able to have education involved? Today in episode three, we talk about putting the right structures in place that allows talents to develop and reach their full potential. And here to talk about this is Margie Zessinger, who is the head of women's tennis at the world famous IMG Academy in Florida. Welcome to the podcast show, Margie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great, great. Um, so can you just tell our listeners a bit about yourself, your current role, how it started and, and what, what you're currently doing? Koye, I have been at the Academy for almost 17 going on 18 years and um, my role at the Academy is to oversee all of the female tennis players. So we have about 100 junior girls and then we have our, our professional program as well. Um, so it keeps me very, very busy. But from day one, I started alongside a gentleman named Nick Boliteri 17 years ago. Um, I would come in at five in the morning and, um, you know, learn from the greats, one of the greats in the game and one of the greatest in the sports industry, to be honest with you. So um, I am very, very lucky to have been working with many, many talented junior players, but also players and changing their lives and giving them opportunities that they never really knew that they had inside of them. So you see a lot of players on TV and, and headlines from IMG Academy, but it's the thousands of stories uh, behind the scene where we're changing their lives. That's, that's really, really um, amazing. And um, I mean, 17 years, I mean, <laughs> you must really feel, um, I guess, excited for your accomplishments, um, having been there for so long. I mean, it's uh, rarely do you get somebody staying in one establishment for, for so long in this day and age. But I mean, you've, you've done it, been there, and you're still there. Mm -hmm. it, you know, you grow, um, you know, it's an emotional attachment. It's a passion for this place and the history of it. Um, and one of the coolest things about being here for that long is I'm, I'm hearing about what they used to do in the past and what worked in the past and how exciting it was during the days of Andre Agassi and Monica Seles and Jim Courier and even our director, Jimmy Arias, uh, who, who reached five in the world and, and what, what they did well back then, but at the same time to continue to evolve and evolve with the sport and have an open mind and a growth mindset on how we can get better as coaches and what we can do better for our children. Awesome, awesome. Now, I mean, the importance of structure for, for talents is, um, is, is quite a, an interesting area. I know that I'm just created what I tend to say to people is like the Disney world of sports with its world-class facilities and attracts the best young talents from around the world. How did the academy actually start off and what has been the foundation of its success? It started with Nick's dream of putting together talent, uh, breeding talent, basically 
putting the best against the best um, to bring out champions. And from day one, the roots of this place really is based on competition uh, in practices. A lot of times tennis coaches are always working on a skill set uh, to improve their kids. And that's important when in the early A's, ages. But what you want to keep in mind is what this place was based on was competition. It was basically the top players going out against each other day in and day out, fighting to play matches and, and learning how to problem solve and learning how what it takes to win. And that winning isn't necessarily how well you play, but it's how you break down your so that mindset from the early days is really, really important to keep in mind um, when developing young talent that you don't want to just box them in, you want to allow them to compete. And those are the great ones that have come out of here, even the ones that you're seeing on TV currently. Um, always wanted to compete at a young age. So the competition uh, is what separates us from, from other places, but also you said the structure, the ability to have a team around you, not just a tennis coach, um, we've evolved as a tennis industry, but also the different areas, making sure that the physical fitness and the mental sports psychology side, the nutrition, the, you know, athletic trainers who with injury prevention, having that team around a player, no matter their level is what creates a structure that's very important. Um, we're lucky and fortunate here at the Academy to have all of those resources, but if you are, you know, over in Africa or wherever you are uh, evaluating what kind of team you can put around a player, an athlete, and it doesn't necessarily have to be as perfect as it is at, at a tennis academy, but it takes a team to really develop a, a champion. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, and, and, you know, I think, I mean, you touched on obviously Nick Bolletieri um, and, and his vision for for the academy. Um, I mean, Nick has been has been the most in, instrumental figure in IMG's tennis philosophy. His success is evident. Obviously, having coached over ten number ones, what's it like to actually work with him? And and obviously, if you look at his age now and how how much um, how much he's still given his time to to working with the young um, um, athletes. What's it, what's it like? I mean, what do you, what do you feed off on, on, on his work ethic? Well, that is, I could talk hours about that, Koye. <laughs> um, I actually just told you that I just got off the court with him a few minutes ago before we started this podcast, and he's going to be 90 years old, and he's still walking around from court to court, and his mind is always working. I think he calls us about three times a day with the ideas that he just, he's just constantly um, wanting to be better himself, even at 90 years old. Um, what stands out to me about Nick Bolletieri and, and why he was so successful as a coach in the tennis industry or in life is his ability to connect with anybody in that moment. Um, he can read people, he can read people's personalities and how they will respond. When Nick goes on a court, that player automatically plays better. And that's how it's been from day one with Nick. Wow. Wow. I mean, I, I, I recall... Um, um, it's not necessarily all about... Sorry. Sorry. I mean, 
I, I recall actually meeting him that the time I, I came to IMG Academy in 2017. And I mean, I was just amazed. I was in awe just, just generally about his, uh, his, his passion and his appetite for, for the game and working with the youngsters. Um, and I mean, that kind of leads on to the parents. Um, you know, during your time at IMG, you must have been involved with so many parents. Um, we know that not every child is going to turn pro. Um, that's just the reality. How difficult it is, is it to kind of communicate with, uh, with the parents about their son or daughter? And when you recognize um, that perhaps this particular pathway of sports might not necessarily lead to a professional career. So how do you, how do you communicate that with the parents and, uh, and also just give them that sense of realization? A very good question. I mean, you never want to come out and say your child cannot do something, but um, the response for me is that we will provide the same tools and resources that we would provide every child, whether they're going to go professional or to college. There is no different way of training someone uh, as far as different pathways. Um, you know, you, you expose that individual to a structure, even if they want to play college tennis or tennis for fun or top professional, you put a team around them, you expose them to competition. So, uh, you know, we provide the same opportunity no matter what your level is. And that's a very important concept to keep in mind because you never know how far someone can can reach. Um, and then every student or player has a different pathway. We've had girls or boys come through here that are succeeding and number one in the world by the time they're age 18. But at the same time, we've also had players come through here. Look at Danielle Collins on the the WTA, she went to four years of college, got her education, and then now she's, you know, the 20 or 30 in the world on the WTA. So uh, there is not one pathway for anyone. And education uh, is important, no matter if you want to be number one in the world as professional or college, uh, giving a child an education is extremely important um, to keep in mind. It's part of the process. So either way, um, that, that's part of the journey and the discussion of, of where they were going to end up. You know, I don't know areas. He always thought I was going to be in the world from a young age. And you don't want to remove a dream from somebody. Um, but at the same time, you know, you listen to Nadal or um, other players and they just focus on the next match and they just focus on that day. So um, having a dream or vision, but also, um, you know, just focusing on the moment is really good. I, I saw something on, on Instagram the other day, one of our sports psychologists who used to work here, he posted a, a post about a, a mountain and a guy that was afraid to climb a mountain and he just looked three feet ahead of him and then he overcame that. And I think sometimes we're looking so far in the future um, that we lose sight. So just giving, giving your best and being your best in a given day is, is what we're looking for. Awesome. Um, I mean, hopefully uh, parents and, and children listening to that will, will realize that, um, that there are different pathways to, to success and um, it's not going to be the same for everyone. So that's a, a valuable bit of insight for, for, for the listeners. Now, the future of tennis, um, I mean, I guess with, with all sports at the present moment, has a very different out outlook. I mean, because of the pandemic, um, 
and we're not exactly sure when we're going to necessarily see um, packed out um, arenas, stadiums, courts, um, and also the competitions and, and obviously sponsorship involved with, with these tournaments. How, how is IMG adapting in particular with the mental state of the student athletes? Um, because a lot of them in the past would be playing possibly anything between 10 to 15 tournaments a year. And all of a sudden <laughs> they have one year where literally they're not playing a tournament and then obviously from from a mental standpoint it um, it begins to affect the students so how how's the academy um adapting and how are they focusing on on the well-being of the student athletes it's a really good question it is it is tough across the board and um it's a, a stressful time not just only tennis wise but for uncertainty for many um kids and and professionals uh what we've done was was to create more internal competition here. So um, we are making sure that our kids are playing a lot more matches internally um, and we're doing some internal internal tournaments here. So um, we're still holding the kids accountable for competing. I think that's really important um, in a safe way to make sure that the kids are having some sort of competition, if, even if they can't travel or um, go to tournaments, but holding them accountable to, to compete uh, if you have competition um, internally into your club or academy. that's really, really important. Um, and from a mental standpoint, um, you know, we're kind of here in a bubble academy. So I think we're extremely grateful and, and just, you know, emphasizing any moment that you're stepping on a court and practicing tennis to be grateful and to, um, you know, cherish that. I also think the tennis industry as a whole has done an awesome job shifting into the virtual world, um, having world virtual conferences and coming together as a tennis industry is how we can continue to get through this and, and actually provide more opportunity and accessibility for many people from around the world to listen to this podcast or to watch a virtual conference online it makes it even more accessible and to learn from some of the greats in the game yeah no, that's, it's 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 it's, um, it's amazing and, and like you said I think um, ten, tennis um, the tennis community is, has really really come together and I mean I've, I've seen the the way a lot of the uh, professional players have been um, engaging on, on their social media platforms, doing Insta live sessions, um, training with one another. Um, and, and, and I think that really sends out a really positive message, message to the um, future professionals, the young, young tennis players that are aspiring to be like them. So it's, it's great. Everybody's coming coming together. Um, Margie, I mean, look, it's been a real pleasure having you on the chief coach podcast. Uh, I'm wishing you and the IMG family all the best for the rest of the year. Uh, keep doing the great work you're doing um, and, and look forward to, to, to seeing you anytime on, on that side of the world. Koye, thank you for always supporting IMG and, and what we do over here. You've been a, a huge role in, in having relationships um, like yourself is really, really what it's all about. And thank you so much for all of the support in, in the past years and anything you ever need, let me know. And it's a privilege for all of the listeners to listen in. And if anybody ever, you know, has any more questions, let me know, Koye. Thank you very much, Margie.
Thank you again for tuning in. This is Chief Coach. Stay safe and stay healthy.